what is going on everybody what is going on what is going on what is going on everybody this is the bounce podcast my name is jabari anderson with my co-host l'oreal and today is going to be something special isn't that right l'oreal Yes, because today is the NBA season is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it, it's it's crazy because it doesn't really feel like that it's the NBA season. Like, is it, it doesn't feel like that the NBA is, is officially back, you know? No, yeah, definitely when you talk about this offseason, these past couple of weeks, I mean, it just popped up. Like, right. hey, we back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so today what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the NFC East they were going to talk about the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the Bills officially the best team in the AFC? Later on, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson, Green Bay Packers, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Then later on, we're going to still talk about our NBA predictions for this upcoming season since it's here right now. And many more to go. And many more to go. All I got to say is make sure you don't get punched by Draymond Green and don't lose your money. That's all I got to say. Make sure you are making money, all right? <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started right now. So for our first topic, the NFC East that's usually called the NFC Lease is slowly turning things around. Aside, you know, the Washington Commanders who, even though they lost, they even won, they didn't lose, but they won last Thursday. They are still two and four. They are the only losing team in the NFC East. For the rest of that division, you have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 6-0. You have the New York Giants, surprisingly, who are 5-1. And, and the Dallas Cowboys, who are 4-2. Is it now time to put some respect on the NFC East? I think so. I think what we're seeing, unlike before, is that really, and we know the commanders are not doing too good right now, and Carson Wentz is injured, so... Yeah, he's out. That's going to be a lot for them. But when you look at the NFC East, just from like a real microscope, these teams are playing great football and they're playing great football throughout every single game this week. Like, think of the Giants. Who would have thought the Giants would have been five and one? Right. When you look in that game, especially this last game against the Ravens, not only did they do good offensively, they did great defensively. Their goal was to stop Lamar Jackson, and they did stop Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson, that running game, was pretty much depleted at one point because of that Giants defense. And then when you add Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones playing smarter. You have this coach, Brian Dable, who is really gathering these troops together. You see how this team can be great. The Eagles, we already know Jalen Hurts. He has an amazing mindset He has done a great job running the football. He is the only quarterback besides Lamar Jackson who is running the football as great as he is. And this is translating to them winning games. Of course, you have to give credit to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and the Philly defense. The Philly defense has been great. That defense hasn't been great a lot of times, but we have seen every single game, they have limited their opponents to not that many points. Then when you look at the Cowboys, you would think not having that press guy, Maybe the team will fall back. But Cooper Rush has done his part as being the backup quarterback. But I like how the Cowboys are playing games. They're playing much smarter. Ezekiel Elliott is actually being utilized. And we're seeing him a lot, especially when they beat the Rams. And we've seen it again in other games. So I think if the Cowboys can just play the system of use the running game and make sure that defense, especially when Michael Parsons stay on 10 at all times, The Cowboys can be that team. And the Commanders, I think the Commanders, they have some issues right now. You know, Ron Rivera, he talked about 
he wasn't shading Carson Wentz, but obviously the reason why maybe the commanders are the lowest right now is because when you look at the quarterback. But when you look at this team talent-wise, they have some talent. I like Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas is a good tight end. And defensively, the commanders is a pretty good team. So I think if they can get it together, they can be just like the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. But what we're seeing from these NFC East teams is we're seeing, hey, I can actually compete. I can actually be a contender. It will be crazy even to see two teams from the NFC East from the NFC East go into the playoffs. Now, I don't think all three can. I mean, we know at least one, and maybe another one can creep in. But what we're seeing so far is that with these NFC East teams, they're showing us that they can be competitors and that they and they're saying, hey, we're here in this league for a reason. I don't think anybody's surprised that you have the Cowboys and the Eagles that are playing well this season. I mean, I think if anything, before this season even began, people were saying, okay, you're going to have the Eagles and the Cowboys make it to the playoffs. I think everyone was was cool with that. Nobody expect to see the Giants to play this well, especially being five and one. And also for the coach, Brian Dabble, who has been very great for them. I mean, right now, Brian Dabble, he has to be coach of the year right now. I mean, I mean, I, I didn't think anybody see Brian Dabble is being the coach that he is to lead these boys to the playoffs. If anything, we thought the Giants were going to be one of the worst teams, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL. That's what we thought about the Giants. But what you have seen from just from the, not only for the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys was similar to was similar to them is that their defense is top 10. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. Now, the only difference that separates with you know all three of them is that the Giants and the Cowboys both have a bottom. T- I want to say, well, I say for the Giants, they have a bottom 15 offense, and then the Cowboys have a bottom 10 offense. For the Eagles, they have a top 10 offense. And the reason why they have that is because they have the best offense in the NFC East, arguably the the best offense in the NFL. Then you have them, they are one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. You have Jalen Hurts, who is on the verge on that elite level. I'm not going to call him elite yet, but he's on the verge of being elite because Jalen Hurts right now, he's top 10 in passing yards. He's still top 10 in pass completions. This man is getting the job done. So when I look at this Eagles team, and surprisingly with the Giants and with the and with the Cowboys are doing what they have to do, you have to say right now that you have to put some respect on them. When you look at everyone else in the division, the the, the NFC North is like, you know, it's so right, but we we didn't expect to see the Green Bay Packers playing the way how they play. I mean, who, who else? The the NFC South is weakest. I mean, what what's going on with the NFC South? The NFC West is a toss-up. You don't know, even though I believe the 49ers are going to win, and we, you don't know who's going to win that division. I mean, like I said, I still think, I believe I still believe that it's going to be, you know, the Bay. Then you look at the AFC, the AFC West, which we consider to be the best division, you know, still is still there, even though there's two teams that are above 500. The AFC South is, is everywhere. The NFC North is kind of everywhere. Then you look at the AFC East, which I, I got to say this, I'm pretty surprised at what I'm seeing in the AFC East right now. But as in particular, when you look at the NFC East right now, you have to you have to say right now that they are looking uh, the best as of right now this season. Right now, as right now. I'm not going to say as of right now they have the best division in the NFL, but I would say as of right now, they have been the most impressive division in the NFL. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is about the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, the L'Oreal's favorite player, Josh Allen. So the Bills beat the Chiefs 24 to 20 to improve a five and one record. 
And, you know, the Bills, listen, I mean, they were, listen, it was kind of back and forth at first. The Bills were down, but they were able to prevail and get a clutch touchdown thanks to Josh Allen. Josh Allen was sensational, had three touchdowns, 27 for 40, 329 passing yards. And look, the Bills, they they have the second best offense in the NFL. They have the best defense in the NFL. L'Oreal, the floor is yours. Does this win that happened on Sunday submit the Bills as the best team in the AFC? I think so. Absolutely. This is a very this was in a very important game for both of these teams, especially for the Bills, because this is the ultimate AFC showdown. This is the ultimate quarterback showdown, you know, Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. So all eyes were on the Bills to win this game. And the fact that they won this game in the fashion that they did, that helped me realize that we should cement them as the AFC champions. Because the Buffalo Bills, they know how to win games and they know how to play the game. They already been around this merry-go-round by now with Kansas City. And I think that you can tell especially from the improvements of Josh Allen, the improvements of his weapons, whether it be Dawson Knox, Stefan Diggs, the improvement of the defense, even with a newcomer, Von Miller. When I watched this game, I just saw the Bills know how to play this game. You saw, especially in the first half, it was very tight. Defensively, these teams were able to make stops, and offensively, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, they learned how to find a way. Then when you got into the second half, things started to shift a little bit. And I noticed this with the Bills, especially when they get into that point of crunch time. A lot of people try to say with Josh Allen, of course, he may not be the most prettiest quarterback. But a lot of people, you know, have said that, especially when it comes to late in the game, Josh Allen can't close. I think Josh Allen has been showing us that he can be a closer. I mean, he closed this game. Remember when they went against the Ravens where the Ravens had it in the Bills? They took over that. We are seeing that in the clutch, from that perspective, the Bills are having really good. Josh Allen has been making throws. That clutch throw to Dawson Knox, you will see that most likely again, especially when the Bills go against the Chiefs, because a lot of people see them as being the AFC East championship game contenders. So we will see that again. And when you look at the Chiefs, my thing is, is that, Honestly, this Bull, this Bills team, of course, they have some injuries within the defense. But really, this Bills team meets the Chiefs' maker. I really think they do. I think if we're going to see a game that we want to see, and if there's any threat to the Chiefs, it's most definitely the Bills. Because the Bills, by now, they know the Chiefs. And the Bills might be a little bit more stacked. Because let's keep it real. I'm glad that Juju's been getting more touches. He's been playing well. I'm glad that like even like the rookies and other offensive guys are getting more touches. But really, Patrick Mahomes' number one guy at this point is Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is clutch, no doubt about it. But when you look at Josh Allen, he knows how to use his people. So it's not even just Stefan Diggs. He has Stefan Diggs. He has Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis. I mean, when you look at the past couple games the Bills had, Gabe Davis was a lot of a lot of those long touchdowns that Josh Allen was doing, and he accumulated a lot of those touchdowns within the past couple of games. So what I'm looking is that in the future, when you see the Chiefs go against the Bills, my thing is with the Chiefs is that you have to pass the ball to more than just Travis Kelsey. You have to be able, and over time, we will see this with Patrick Mahomes, 
he'll have to be able to trust other guys more because when it comes to that clutch time, that clutch time game, the Bills will be ready, no doubt about it. And the Chiefs will be ready, no doubt about it. But I think the Bills right now, especially what we have seen in that game, I think they have the edge over the Chiefs, which is why I picked them to come out of the AFC because if Josh Allen keeps playing the way he's playing, if all the weapons producing that offense, and if that defense can stay healthy and be clutch, especially in the second half, fourth quarter, this Bills team can be dangerous. You know what, L'Oreal? I got to admit. You're right. You're right about one thing. And I think I have to admit, you're right. Josh Allen is very, very talented. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game, one of the best, one of the best players in the game. And I have to admit, it, it really hurts me to say this. Oh my God. But I have to admit, the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC. In the regular season. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> in the regular season. You know, you know why. You know why I have to listen. I don't think anybody has denied. I, I, listen, I'm gonna say this right now. No one has ever denied that who has the better defense? The Bills. Who has the yes. better offense? I mean, I would say it's the Chiefs. I mean, slightly the Chiefs. Obviously, you can make an argument with the Bills, but I think that what the Chiefs can do. They can, they can, they can do a better job than the Bills do. Even though the Bills are, are respectable, you have to be, you have to respect the Bills' offense. Now, here's the reason why I said that. I really do say that. Here's the reason why I would say that. What did we see last year when the Bills and the Chiefs went against each other in the regular season? The Bills won, right? I mean, the, the Bills won, and they won in Kansas City. But what happened in the playoffs? Oh, what a coincidence. They lost. And this so this whole thing about this whole thing about the Bills have the best defense in the NFL. Patrick Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City said, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and throw over 40 points against who? The Buffalo Bills. And it went to overtime. Let's just go back and look back. Look, Josh Allen, when he goes against the Chiefs. He's two and one in the regular season. So apparently he's doing something right in the regular season. But come playoff time, he's 0-2 against the Chiefs. Mm. Patrick Mahomes said, listen, you can have a winning record against me in the regular season, but in playoffs, you can't beat me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Look, the first time they played each other in the playoffs, two seasons ago, this man said, this, this man, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs said, you know what? We're going to drop 38 on them bad boys. And then the next year, they said, we're going to drop 42 points on the bad boys with with the overtime included. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The Bills do have the best defense in the NFL, correct? Yes. They do. Yes. But at the same time, they had the best defense in the NFL last year. And we saw what that man Patrick Mahomes did. That man, Pat, man. Pat, man. So I just want to say this right now. They are imp impressive. They have done a good job. But I am not going to say that the Buffalo Bills are better than the Chiefs when it's all said and done because they have to show it. They have to make me believe. They have to show it. That, you know, let me let me take it back. Let me take it back because you know I'm all over the place. I have to see it to believe it. And right now, I do not believe. Come playoff time, whether it's in the well, they're not going to be in the wild card. What if it's the divisional round playoffs or the AFC playoffs? Well, AFC Championship, I do not believe that the Bills will beat them. It could be the Bills 
at home and the Chiefs had to be on a roll. And I would still believe the Chiefs would beat the Bills. I have to see it to believe it. And even though I, I would say that Josh Allen has my respect, I still have to see if they can do it. Now, agreeable. Von Miller makes a tremendous defense. I mean, yes. Sorry, he makes a tremendous dif- difference. And I mean, defense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm saying defense and difference, <laughs> but he is definitely their leader on the defensive side. He's he, he probably is their leader you know, on that team. You want to be honest. Yes. And there's a possibility. And you know, the one thing that I would say that they need the most is a better running back. If they can get a better running back, then I think that they can definitely win it all right now. I mean, there's there's rumors that they can go ahead and get OBJ, but he's a wide receiver, so you know they they have all the wide receivers they need. I mean, because Josh Allen is going to throw the ball regardless. But when I look at this team right here, when I look at the Buffalo Bills, there's always something that's making me sane. And until I see them beat the Chiefs, I'm going to say you guys are good. You guys are the second best team. You guys are number two in the AFC, but not number one, not yet, not yet. But we'll see. Well, we will definitely see. Because L'Oreal, you thought it was going to go to the other side at first. Nah. <laughs> and now we will move on to our Monday night football matchup. Last night against the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. Man, whew, how many games have we seen the Broncos on prime time? I mean, we saw about, what, two, three, four? You know, it's, just, it's been a lot. I mean, the Chargers, they defeated the Broncos 19-16. to That went to overtime as well. Both teams were... Horrible offensively, you know, Broncos, no surprise, and Chargers, they losing some players, but still, I mean, but this is not about the Chargers because they're at least four and two. And if anything, even though they don't look like a four and two team, you would say that, you know, at least these are four and two, but the Broncos, they are two and four. They are in third place in the AFC West. They, they're lucky that the Raiders didn't play last week. I mean, you, you never know. But anyway, the Broncos are a top five defense in the NFL. They average 16 points per game. 16 points allowed, right? The offense is is the worst. Alongside with the Chicago Bears, averaging 15 points per game. I mean, the worst. It is just flat out terrible. I mean, it's so terrible that the Seattle Seahawks has a better record than the Denver Broncos. Lord have mercy. Russell Wilson's former team. It's terrible. And Russell Wilson, let's just keep it real, L'Oreal. Russell Wilson is not having a good season. I mean, for his... I mean, for just his first six games of the season has been terrible. If you look at where he was in his last five games with the Seattle Seahawks last year, this man had 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. These first six games with the Denver Broncos, he has five touchdowns and three interceptions. And don't even start about the penalties last night. The, the penalties last night was just horrific. I mean, 155 penalty yards. That's a Monday night football record since 2000. My goodness right here. But this is about Russell Wilson, who has not been good all, all year long. I mean, it's only six games, but still, it's it's not good. Now, was it the worst six-game start in his career? Is Russell Wilson washed? Absolutely not. Russell Wilson is not washed. And when people use the term washed, they need to understand how they're using this term. We understand Russell Wilson may not be the same Russell Wilson that he is. And we understand a lot of people, which I really don't know why they like to make it seem like Russell Wilson was not the reason as well that they won that Super Bowl in Seattle, that the defense carried them. And of course, they didn't run the dang football like Richard Sermon liked to say a lot. But let's be clear. 
Russell Wilson is still a great quarterback. And especially when healthy, he's top 10 to me. He's top 10. He's a top 10 quarterback when healthy. And when you can get something going, you need a guy like him to be the catalyst. I remember that Thursday night football game and Taylor Rooks interviewed Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And they said that they were starstruck to have a quarterback like Russell Wilson. Who else wouldn't? This guy is a Super Bowl champion, multiple pro bowler, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen. He actually has broken some record books. We know he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And we know that, of course, there were some issues with the personnel in Seattle and what happened in the Super Bowl that prevented them from having another ring. But we know that talent-wise and what he can bring to a team, that's why he's a part of Denver. That's why they're trying to recreate this quarterback story of, remember, Peyton Manning came to the Broncos after he won with Indianapolis and he won with Denver. That's what John Elway and the Broncos want to do, and they trust Russell Wilson because they have seen what he has done in Seattle, and they thought to themselves, he can translate that here. Now, to me, I don't think he can do that this season or probably next season. But, of course, he signed a five-year contract. He will win a championship for the Denver Broncos within the past five years because you know what? It's the same pattern. Same best defense, top five defense, and your offense, can we say this offense is top five? Maybe not, but this offense no. is good. You have really good young guys like Jerry Judy, and it's sad that Javante Williams is gone, but you have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler. The thing is with the Broncos is they have to play smart. They have to. The coach, Russell Wilson, really those two. Now, the coach, I think he's doing good with trying to make better decisions, but Russell Wilson you just cannot act like you're not a quarterback out there. We have seen that in that horrible game on Thursday night against the Colts, where he was just throwing it wherever. And you see the frustration on KJ Hamler's face because he was wide open. He and he did not get the ball. Russell Wilson can't keep doing that. But what, but what we have seen in this game, even though they lost against the Chargers, we have seen a little bit more improvement. I mean, that first drive where the Broncos and Russell Wilson threw that touchdown, that's probably one of the best passes I've seen by Russell Wilson. It was nice, clean throw, clean movement. That right there made me believe they could win this game. And even though they did not win this game, they still put up score points on the scoreboard. We, we're not asking the Broncos to do 30 points, but you can do better than 15. Russell Wilson knows you can do better than averaging about 15 points a game. 16 points. You can do more than that because you have the tangibles to do that. It's not like he's missing a wide receiver or a tight end. He has pretty good people to work with. But Russell Wilson is not washed. I need people to stop saying that. Now, if the Broncos don't make it to the playoffs this season, okay, maybe that's fair to say maybe he's washed because if the Broncos were to bring Russell Wilson into their franchise, you would expect them to be a playoff team. I think it's going to be tough because their division is already tough. And the AFC is just very tough. You can't just get into a situation like the AFC where you're thinking you could just, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Your ticket, you're going to have to earn that ticket. But I feel like overall and just in general, Russell Wilson, he will get this team to where they need to be. And this man is not washed. He is way too good of a quarterback for people to call him washed. I just think that's ridiculous. We can talk about how Russell Wilson has not been great. I think we all could agree with that, all right? Like I said beforehand previously, in the 
Last night with the first, listen, the first quarter, he was sensational. I mean, 10 for 10, 116 passing yards and a touchdown. I mean, he looked like dangerous. And then the rest of the game, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, five for 18, 72 passing yards, no touchdowns. I mean, the the offense has just been horrific. I mean, it's been horrific all, all season long. But am I going to call this man wash? No, I'm not going to call this man wash. You know why? Because I refuse to to say that a man who played the last five games in Seattle, and like I said before previously, he had 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. I refuse to look at a guy who was healthy last, well, he wasn't healthy, he was hurt, but the last five games when he did play, he was nice, he can throw the ball, and he was getting touchdowns like it was nothing. Then when you see him on a different team, all of a sudden, he's get, he's he still has more touchdowns but he has three interceptions. He's the offense is not going well. I just cannot see how somebody who was good in Seattle for the last few years, and then when they go to a different team and is still young, Russell Wilson is still young. He's 33 years old. When Russell Wilson is healthy, he is a top 10 quarterback. He is one of the best players in the game. The disrespect that we are having towards Russ needs to stop. And the only reason why people are disrespecting him is because they are saying something that they felt they felt this way for a while. Take him back to when he was when he was an average quarterback and he had the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. And now I would agree as a Seahawks fan, I would agree right now he was not the guy who was leading. It was the defense. It was Marshawn Lynch who were leading. But that man that year, guess what, L'Oreal? He was in the Pro Bowl. He was a pro bowler. Guarantee you that right now. Russell Wilson, at best, is going to get you at least 3,000 passing yards. I remember there was a period where in four consecutive seasons, this man had at least 30 touchdowns. There was a period where where there he had, I want to say, three or four seasons straight where he had over 4,000 passing yards. The nonsense over here that Russell Wilson it's washed right now, has to stop. The only reason why he has not looked this good is one, he's hurt because he has a shoulder injury, right shoulder injury, which is not good. I mean, the, you're throwing our, I mean, he's, according to the coach, he's dinged up. That is not good. And he's going through a hamstring injury. Now, of course, for Russell Wilson, that's no excuse. That is no excuse. And we understand that. But Russell Wilson, I refuse to believe that this man is washed when he is only 33 years old. If he was 38, if he was 43, yeah, okay, you got me right there. But a guy who's on a different team, play only six games, he's washed? Stop it. I'm No, I, I, I just think people need to stop with the nonsense about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a decent quarterback. Because if you look at their team, their team, the defense is not that bad. Their defense has done everything they need to do. They, I mean, outside the penalties, they have done their part. It's really just the, just the offensive schemes, the O line, and then the co- and then sometimes the coaching is just flat out awful. Like what, what, what's going on? But Russell Wilson needs to be held accountable for a number of things that has been going on in Denver. And and shoot, and after this season, he's gonna be there for the next four years. He ain't going nowhere. Like the next four to five years, he ain't going nowhere. He's gonna be there for a while. So what the Broncos have to do is work on how they can get the offense going. 
if they have to get, if they have to get a new coach, that has to happen. There, that you got to do what you got to do. You got to give it some time. Then we can we can relate and say, okay, you know what? Maybe they wash. But right now, I'm not gonna go that far and say that that Russell Wilson is wash. Now this is now if he does this, you know, two or three years later, then yeah, you got me right there. But right now, absolutely not. I mean. Like I said, everybody needs to back up from the nonsense over here. Everyone needs to chill on Russell Wilson, maybe because he's with Sierra and they and then they believe that it's the Sierra curse or something like that. But I cannot look at this situation and say that the way how he looked last season and then how he looks now is all of a sudden he's washed. He's not even healthy right now. He's hurt. If he was healthy, you got me right there. You got me. But right now he's hurt. All right. So now let's move on to the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Both teams, surprisingly, I mean, lost last week. And the Packers, they've lost back-to-back games against two New York teams. I mean, who would have thought that was going to happen? And for the Buccaneers, for them to lose to a bad team, piss for Steelers, I mean, first they had to worry about rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett. Then all of a sudden, he's out in the middle of the game. And then you have Mitchell Trubisky. You lost to Mitchell You lost to Mitchell Trubisky as, your, as the starting quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know how... I just don't know how Tom Brady can sleep at night with that situation. I mean, I I just don't know. But anyway, the Buccaneers and the Packers are 3 and 3. Not looking good. Aaron Rodgers believes that the offense needs to be more simpler or more simple. And you got Tom Brady that I mean, I don't know. All, he he believes that the Buccaneers need to get better. L'Oreal, who should be more worried? The Packers or the Buccaneers? I'm going to go with the Packers. I think with Tampa Bay, of course, we know and we have said this numerous times that this team, for the most part, has looked different every single season. We thought that last season they would be like the Super Bowl team, but the defense wasn't that good. Tom Brady, he did have a great season, but they just didn't translate into being the Super Bowl team again. And with this season, you know, you had some issues with Mike Evans being suspended over that altercation at the Saints game, and then some injuries, and then the defense just making some really just questionable decisions. I mean, when you look at some of these games, and we could say this fairly for both Tampa Bay and Green Bay, these defenses have sucked. They sucked. They have sucked at protecting the ball. They have sucked at keeping the possessions, maintaining as long as they can. They have failed the offense and their quarterbacks because they could not – finish what they finish. And that is extremely frustrating. I'm sure that Tom Brady, well, we already seen that Tom Brady was cussing out the offensive line because he like, come on, yo, I got everything on the line now. Get it together for me. And then when you see Tom, uh, and when you see Aaron Rodgers say that he wants a simpler offense and then Matt LaFleur, his press conference, he says, I don't know what that means. What do you mean you don't know what this means? You are a head coach And you have taken this team, for the most part, throughout your tenure to the NFC Championship game. You cannot say that. To me, when he said that, I'm just like, oh, gosh. You know, and that's why I feel like Green Bay should be more fearful than Tampa Bay. Because Green Bay, it's just, it's really no reason for them to be struggling like they're struggling. We can say with Tampa Bay, you know, Tom Brady is old. He has some issues at home. And obviously, defensively, we know they're not a top five or even a top 10 offense. And I mean, we look at the offense of, I mean, defense. And when you look at the offense of Chris Godwin 
and Mike Evans. We know it's talented, but we're not saying it's a top five or the best offense. When you look at the Packers, this defense has been so bad. I mean, the way that they lost to the Jets, like, come on, man. Like, how do you fail like that doing the punt? That was just ridiculous. Like, defensively against the Jets and when they won against the Giants, they've done terrible defensively and maintaining the ball. And I agree with Aaron Rodgers. When you have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and you have rookies, yeah, saying that you want a simpler offense, I get what he's saying, but it's going to be easier said than done, of course, because when you do it, you have to make sure you do it consistently. And Aaron Rodgers, he has to look at himself sometimes and say, what can I do to make things more consistently? Because we can say all the time that it's because of the offense, but remember, they had Devontae Adams, and they still couldn't get it done. So it's not Devontae Adams' fault, and I don't think it's the offensive weapons' fault. We, I think we have to look at everybody else, and that's what Green Bay has to do. They have to look at themselves and say, we are in a very pretty bad um, position. They have lost to pretty bad teams the past two games. And if they keep losing games, I mean, I would not be surprised if Minnesota wins the NFC North and I would not be surprised, and you said this before, Jabari, if the Packers don't even make it to the playoffs. Because at this point, they're just not playing their football. They're playing very inconsistent and bad Wait, football. I yes. I said the Packers. I said, don't be surprised if the Packers don't make it to the playoffs. I said that? Yes. Or if they're a wild card team. But okay, that's not right, good right. for the Packers. Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. I, was yeah. like, I don't know if I don't know if I said that don't make plays, but go ahead, continue. But, but yeah, yeah, Green Bay, they have to work on being more consistent. They should not be in this position. To well, be real, I'm surprised they're three and three as opposed to Tampa Bay. Oh Lord. Well, I, I would say this. <laughs> see, this is the problem. I mean, what's it's it's difficult to really look at it, but here's what I will bring up. I was I will bring this up right now. If you want to say by that definition, by the way how you br- you bring it up, if you want to, you know, you know, uh, be ten- technical about it, technically, it is the Packers because if you look at the Packers right now, I mean, look, ugh, if they had Devontae Adams, I do believe they will be better offensively if they had Adams for sure. I mean, with Devontae Adams, look, I mean, if you look at it, the you know, back to back games, they have been horrific offensively in the second half. I mean. Against the Giants, they only scored two points. And then uh, against the Jets, they only what, scored like seven points. I mean, they, they have not been that good offensively in the second half. And that is an issue when you're trying to close out games. And if you cannot close out games very well, then come playoff time, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go home very soon. And that is the issue that I see when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Vikings are for real. The Vikings are very, very good. And... <laughs> I mean, if the Vikings keep on winning, then the Packers are going to be boohooing real talk. So, I, like I said, you did not expect to see the Packers lose to the Giants and then the Jets the way how their offense has been going. I mean, you didn't think they're going to lose this type of way. And I think Aaron Rodgers, he should be held responsible for for what's going on. You know, the coach Matt LaFleur should be held responsible. And just the team, period. I mean, like I said, if you look at them, their offense is, is average and their defense is like, eh, we all right. Like we're right. I mean, I, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. Their offense is below average, and then their and then their defense is all right. If their defense was like the Cowboys, then I believe they would have been at least like five and one or four and two. But right now, what they are offensively is not that good, and that's the issue that we are having. So if you look at it that way, yes, it is the Packers. 
But I will say about the Buccaneers, I am concerned about Tom Brady, not just because of how they're playing on the field, but just what's going on off the field. I mean, the man is going through is going through a newly divorced with his wife, Giselle. He's going through like so many issues with his family. He he decided to go to a wedding with, you know, to see Robert Kraft. I mean, Robert Kraft was getting married this past weekend. He decided to go there the day before his game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? What what, what are we talking about here? Tom, there's there's something going on. And the thing that the Buccaneers has not been playing very well. Their defense has showed up. They did what they're supposed to do, but their offense is not that good. Their offense is, is not being what it is. And Tom Brady, the Tom Brady who people said was was the listen, everybody could have their, their discussion about who's the go. But the players who voted for Tom Brady as the best player in the game last year, not only that, they said that Tom Brady is a top five quarterback. Well, this season, he has not played like he's a top five quarterback. If anything, he's playing like Father Time is kicking on his door and it is looking at him right in front of his face right now. Tom Brady, to me, I just don't know how he's going to look by the end of the season. I just don't look. The AFC, or not the AFC, the NFC South is not looking that good. I mean, when you are tied 3-3 with the Falcons, who are not that good either, that's alarming right there. The, the Panthers... And the Saints, yeah, the Panthers and the Saints are both two and four or one and four, whatever, wherever the record is. They are one game behind the Buccaneers and the Falcons. When you look at that perspective, I don't think anybody is concerned about the Buccaneers winning the NFC South because they're going to get the job done when it's all said and done. But I'm not liking what I'm seeing based on even if you did have Julio Jones there, which he didn't play because he's hurt, which we thought he was going to do something, but apparently it has not gone, gone that way. They they have lost their tight end as of right now, so I don't know how that's going to be. And Tom Bowles right here is going to get a lot of heat if they don't win. Tom Bowles is going to get like, listen, I understand what, what he said about, you know, about Tom Brady, you know, what he's going through is, is, you know, about this whole special treatment or now, or say it's not a big deal. Look, Tom Bowles, listen. If the Buccaneers, let's just say this hypothetically, if the Buccaneers do not win the NFC South, better yet, if they don't even go far to the playoffs, Tom Bowles is going to get a lot of heat as a head coach. And for a black head coach, the way how he is, Tom Bowles might be out of might be out of the league as a head coach after this season. Because I just cannot believe of what I'm hearing from Tom Bowles and the way how this office has been. The defense, the defense has done their part. I have no issue with the defense, but the offense has to play better. And Tom Brady needs to step it up. And if Tom Brady is playing this poorly, if Tom Brady's going to play like the, the way how he was in his last year with the Patriots, Tom, Tom Bowles is going to get a lot of heat for this because they're going to say, well, Tom Bowles, how come you wasn't able to get this man, Tom Brady, or, you know, at his best, you know, you know, he's an order quarterback. You know that he's 45 years old. They're going to blame Todd Bowles because Tom Brady is old. That's the problem right there. That's why I'm very concerned about how this situation is going to be. I, you know, what? I know I say I'm, I'm concerned about Tom Brady, but I'm also concerned about Tom Bowles. All right, folks. So let's move on to a different sport. We are talking about the 2022 Major League Baseball postseason. Now, a lot of things has happened. A lot of things has been going on, but I'm going to catch you guys up to see what did happen. A few weeks ago, you had the wildcard playoffs between the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland, they beat Tampa Bay. 
by two. I mean, it was a three-game series, but they didn't have to go to a third game. They beat them in game one, game two, and they head to the next round. Now for the Seattle Mariners versus the Toronto Blue Jays, the Mariners beat the Blue Jays in two games. They didn't have to go to a third game either, and then they went to their next matchup, which we'll talk about later what happened there in the division series. Now, for the for the next two wildcard matchups, you had St. Louis Cardinals versus the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Phillies beat them in two games once again. I mean, if you saw the saw game one, the wildcard, they were down by two runs entering the ninth inning, and then the Phillies said, you know what, let's go ahead and put six more runs. They beat the Cardinals in game one, six to three. And then they were able to beat them game two. And that was Elba Pujols' last game of his career. So that was it because he's going to retire. And, um, you know, it was it's crazy to see, you know, how that turned out to be. Because a lot of people had the Cardinals beating the Phillies. But anyway, let's move on. The Padres versus the Mets. This was the only, only series that went to a winner-take-all. Padres won game one. Mets won game two. But the Padres beat the Mets. And the Mets only had one hit in that game. Ooh, but Padres go to the next round. So for the for the AL division series and for the NL division series, you had the Guardians versus the Yankees, which game five is actually going on right now, by the way. You know, so far the Yankees are winning. We'll see what happens there. But it's been it's been interesting so far. The Houston Astros went against the Seattle Mariners. The Astros swept the Mariners, and don't get me started about <laughs> game three. Oh my god, game three went all the way to 18 innings. That game, that that was last Saturday. That game started at around 3.30 and it ended around 10.30 p.m. <laughs> like, seriously, that's, that's, listen, that's two full games in one day. Like, seriously. And then when you go, so the Astros, they're going, they're going to the ALCS. That's the sixth straight year they're going to the American League Championship Series, by the way. Now, for the National League Division Series, when you talk about the Philadelphia Phillies, they beat the Atlanta Braves. They beat the Braves, which is shocking, by the way, because nobody expected the Braves to even lose to the Phillies. Not only that, but they at least see the they at least expect the Braves to be in the in the LCS. But they lost, and we're gonna have we're gonna have new World Series champions for the for another year. <laughs> Interesting. And then also this the San Diego Padres beat the Los Angeles Dodgers, who, to me, I, I thought they were the favorites to win it all. But the Dodgers, for a team that won 111 games, they won 111 games in the regular season, and they lost in the division series. It is, boy, it's, it to me is a shocker to me. And now for the National League Championship Series, you're going to have the Philadelphia Phillies versus the San Diego Padres. And... Hey, only one of them could go to the World Series. I'm going to see what's going to happen, but I will say this right now. I'm going to go with the Padres just, just to keep it short, and this is amazing right here. This is a wonderful story, and I have nothing else to say about that. But let me go back to the to the American League real quick. Now, for me, as this game going on, I do believe that the Yankees are going to beat the Cleveland Guardians, and they will get the job done and then go against the Astros. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen, though, because the in the American League Championship Series, that's going to start on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, by the way, because, boy, it's, it's a lot of traveling going on because you got to go from New York to Houston. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of traveling, different time zone, different hour. But uh, I got to say this right now. It's, man, baseball is something for sure. And I'm looking forward to see what does happen later on because it's, I don't know who's going to win. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to repeat in baseball. 
and you can never really truly be right when it comes to who you think is going to win because anything can happen but we'll talk more about it as we move on later this week so we'll just see what happens and i'll give you some more information but um that's it that's it so far that's a little bit update about what's going on with mlb postseason so far and best of luck a couple quick notes definitely baseball has been great Shout out to the Phillies and shout out to the Padres. You know, it's crazy Absolutely. that they're going to be facing each other because who was on that Washington Nationals team? Juan Soto and Bryce Harper. So Absolutely. it's going to be a great matchup. And for the Padres, I have to shout out to that pitcher, man. Blake Snell and Josh Hader, they did an amazing job against the Dodgers. It was just amazing to see how they striked out a lot of those heavy hitters. So yeah. really, when I think about the pitching and, of course, Manny Machado and Juan Soto, it's amazing to see that even if they don't have Fernando Tatis, they still made it this far. Yeah. I'm so, so happy for them. And yeah. as far as the American League, it's going to be interesting because, of course, we'll see what happens against the Yankees and the Guardians and with the Atros. But definitely when that comes, I'm going to be interested to see who wins and who plays the best in that series. Well, look, the Astros, they're going to their sixth straight American League Championship Series. And look, if you want to get to the World Series, you got to go through the Houston Astros. And to me, it doesn't matter if it's going to be the Yankees or the Guardians. I still have the Astros coming out of the American League because I just think that there's nobody who's going to beat them. So we will see what happens there. But now they're going to win. Can make a case that they're gonna win, but as far as coming out of the American League, yeah, I got the Astros on this one. So the NBA season is about to start today, and we're gonna talk more about the NBA, you know, because you know we love basketball. You know how the deal is, and like I say, it just doesn't feel like that the regular season's here, but NBA is back. So you know the deal. So we're gonna go with the Golden State Warriors real quick. So there was a video, obviously, you know, that was surrounding with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. We 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 talked about this off camera beforehand that it got linked to TMZ, and we all saw what happened later on. You know, Draymond Green did not get suspended, but he had to stay. You know, he was going to take time off away from the team for a few days, and now he's back. And now they're going to play season opener against the LA Lakers, which is no surprise there because obviously they didn't want to miss ring ceremony like he hasn't been there before but it is what it is so a few days ago l'oreal as you know what happened jordan Poole and andrew wiggins got paid now according to the reports if you want to look at their payroll right now the warriors payroll right now it's over 189.5 million dollars that's their payroll right now that's over the luxury tax Next season, the Warriors are going to make over $214.1 million. And that's without Draymond Green and Dante DiVincenzo opting in the deal. All right. If you if you look at it, they have 12 players that's locked up for, for next year. And we don't know if Draymond Green is going to opt in or opt out. But especially with Dante, too. The players who are who are free agents or who could be free agents are Andre Iguodala, who's going to retire after the season, Jermichael Green. Dante and Draymond and the biggest question mark is what's going to happen to Draymond because with Wiggins and Poole who's who got paid what's going to happen to Draymond so L'Oreal let's talk about this do you see Draymond Green with the Golden State Warriors after this year no I do not I think that this is his last season and real quick on the situation you're a veteran you know better you know that you should not 
get emotional or do what you did just because somebody was trash talking. Draymond Green is the last person to be triggered or to feel some type of way about somebody trash talking. Are you serious? You clown Paul Pierce and multiple people. You should be the last person to be worried about somebody talking. And when you do what you did, and especially when it comes out on camera, he he punched the mess out of Jordan Poole. He did. That was a very strong net. And that is considered assault. I mean, Jordan Poole, he just kept it short and cool because he probably feels some type of way now about Draymond Green after that situation. And when you're Draymond Green and you're a veteran and you're supposed to be the heart of the Golden State Warriors, you don't do that. And what he did, it hurt him more than it helped him. Because guess what? Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, as we already know, they was going to get paid. Andrew Wiggins was one of the best players in this league, especially in the finals. And Jordan Poole has improved a lot this season. Because remember, when Steph Curry was injured and he had some problems, Jordan Poole took over. And, he, and, and that showed him and showed everyone how great of a player he can be. But Draymond, his time is up. It's time to go because he doesn't really have no value no more on this team. Not to say that he's the most trash player ever, but he is not this defensive guy or this defensive juggernaut that everybody believed that he is. He's not. Essentially, he's just a role player. And people are like, well, Draymond Green always had the ball because Steph Curry doesn't need to have the ball all the time and have other problems. That's why Draymond Green has the ball. So when it comes to this contract and where Draymond Green stands, he blew it when he punched Jordan Poole. And I'm surprised that that was pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back because we know how problematic Draymond is. So bye, Draymond. <laughs> bye. Bye. Nothing else to say. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty simple. I mean, I've been saying this all along. This man is replaceable. Draymond Green is an offensive liability. Yes, he can pass. Yes, he's yes, he can rebound. Yes, he could he can defend. No one is denying that. But Draymond Green is not who people say he is. He's not that good. If anything, you know what? I just want to say this right now. Draymond Green is the reason why the Warriors didn't win a championship in 2016. He cost them a championship that year. And then, look, I'm not going to say that he's the reason why Kevin Durant left, but he is one of the reasons. I mean, we, listen, when you are in a situation where people are criticizing the play because they said, oh, well, he betrayed one team. He sold his soul. He, he, he ain't this. He ain't that. They're saying that he's a punk for going to Golden State after blowing a 3-1 lead to the team. I mean, all this other stuff that you guys, that we talk about, about Kevin Durant and the Warriors play Kevin Durant. The Warriors organization were joking around him. They that everything was a game. And then Draymond Green saying the things that he said about Kevin Durant. One of the things that KD said about when he left Golden State, he said that him and Draymond, you know, with the incident they had in 2018, it was a factor why he left. It was a factor. Plus to what he did to Jordan Poole. I mean, this man, he sucked. He not only, he, it's, it was like he sucker punched that guy. And then he just went to the ground. You did it to a teammate, which indeed you did it to a teammate who you said you love when he trash talks. What the heck is going on? So I just want to bring this up to Draymond Green. Draymond, man, I don't care if it's about the money. I really don't care about that. 
But what he does on the court is not as valuable as it once was. In the beginning, yes, you can make a case it was valuable. But what he does on the court right now, it could be replaced. I mean, I I believe that Jonathan come uh not Jonathan. I mean, I believe that Jonathan Kaminga can do the same thing that Draymond Green does. I believe that James Wiseman can do the same thing that Draymond Green does. I just don't look at how why people think that Draymond Green is this valuable player. If it, I told you this beforehand, I told you off camera. If I got to choose between Jordan Poole or Draymond Green, bye Draymond, bye. And especially when you knew that that Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins was going to get paid, there was no way that I was going to that I was going to let one of them go so I could keep Draymond. I don't care what the situation is. I still have Steph. I still have Clay. I still have James Wiseman, Kevon Looney, and other players around me that can help them win titles. So if the Warriors are still going to compete for a championship without Draymond, bro, let him go. Just let, let, let him go. And that was, for him to say, I failed as a leader and I failed as a man. I'm happy that he owned it up. I think that this will impact them this season. I think that there will be some, there. I, I, I'm not going to say that it's the reason why they don't win a championship, but I do believe that with the cohesiveness and the chemistry, look, they might show you that it's all good, but I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the Warriors are not going to win, and somebody got to go. And I believe it'll be Draymond. And as far as do I believe that this will be his last season, I will say this right now. Unless he opts in his contract for next year, Draymond Green is gone after 2023. That man's gone. That man's a, it's a wrap. Now, people are going to say, where's he going to go? It doesn't matter where that man goes. All I know is that when Draymond Green leaves, you will then see what type of value this man has. Because Draymond Green right now, I've been saying it before. This First of all, he's not the best power forward in the game. He's not even top five. Let's just go to the power forwards right now. Is he better than Giannis or Anthony Davis? No. Zion Williamson? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns? No. Julius Randle? Uh, no. Sab Sabonis? No. Uh, Aaron Gordon? No. Uh, uh, Sean Whiteside at this point is better than Trey Fox. <laughs> hey, hey, we just came in and real, man. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. I would take Ben Simmons over Draymond Green. I was about to say. And, and you know how I feel about Ben Simmons. Who yes. I, I would take Al Horford over Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. Easily, I would take I would take El Horford or Draymond Green. Ser Honestly, I just think that when people talk about Draymond Green, about how how he is as a player, we all know that his offense is not the main goal. His offense is not there. We all we all know who he is as a basketball player. We all know what he means defensively. But to act as if that he's irreplaceable, no. Dr what, Dr what Draymond what Draymond did last year. That could be replaced. If anything, in the finals, you could make a case that the that the Warriors still could have won the championship without Draymond. So I don't I don't want to hear about this about this impact that Draymond Green has because his value is replaceable. Plain and simple. Who knows where Draymond will be? Maybe he could go to Brooklyn and be with his boy Kevin Durant. But I I think Golden State are it. I think that they're tired of his mess. And what and and regardless of what happens this season, this will be the last ride that we will see. Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond together. One last ride. One last ride. 
and then you'll see Iggy retire and Draymond Green somewhere else, unless he opts in his contract next year. But last ride, last ride, last dance, but no title. All right, so we're at the end of the show right now, but let's go ahead and make our NBA, you know, 2022-23 season predictions, playoffs, finals predictions, and awards. Let's start with the with the awards right now. So, Rookie of the Year, who you got, L'Oreal? Rookie of the Year. I have Paolo Bencaro from the Orlando Magic. Paolo, Paolo uh, you know, is pretty... Uh, it's pretty similar to me. I think Paolo's gonna definitely gonna win Rookie of the Year. I mean, we, I mean, people might say Home Green was probably gonna win it, but he's out for the season, you know, unfortunately because of what happened, you know, past few weeks. I mean, not not few weeks, but a few weeks, a few months ago, by the way, you know, he got hurt. And I would have said Jaden Ivy, but I don't know. I mean, he he he'll be he'll be nice, but he ain't gonna win Rookie of the Year. So I got Pablo on this one. I mean, the the Atlanta Magic they got a lot of long linky dudes, but. I mean, I, they gotta do something because they they still look like a bad like they still don't look like a good basketball team. But that's just me. But I do believe that Bob was gonna win Rookie of the Year. All right, Most Improved Player of the Year. I think Most Improved Player. Uh, I'm gonna go with something interesting. I'm gonna go with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, really? Yes, I'm gonna go with Jalen Brown. And the reason why I'm gonna go with Jalen Brown is because. When you think about what happened in Boston, and when you think about what you gonna have um, thirty five points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, how is he gonna be the most? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find this out. <laughs> I mean, average over twenty points per game. I, how, how the heck is this man gonna be most improved player of the year? That's I just don't know how he's gonna be most improved player of the year. I mean, I, I mean, I, that's your prediction. I mean, I see it, but I don't know. I, I really don't. Usually the most improved player of the year is very, very, like, you know, it's very tricky because you're really trying to point out who's going to be that guy. Me, I'm going with a wild card on this one. I'm going with Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are going to be a bad team, all right? And Tyrese Halliburton, he's going to be the point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He will be, I'm going to say, he will be top three in assists this, this season and probably top 20 in scoring. I think that he's going to be very, very good. And don't be surprised if he wins most improved player of the year. Now, sixth man of the year. I'm going with Tyler Hero. I think that him, yes, yes, yes. Uh I'm going with him. I think that him getting this money will motivate him. I won't be surprised if it, it is him. I mean, Tyler Hero can definitely win it again. Like, he could. I mean, it's a possibility, especially how he played last season. But most of it had to do with the fact that Jimmy Butler was out. And, you know, he had, you know, Bam Adebayo was out. You know, some, you know, not most of the time, but, you know, good good portion of it. But uh, I think, you know, Tyler Hero, un- like I said, unless there are players who are missing, then I can see Hero get it. But I don't know. I don't think the, I don't think that Tyler Hero is going to win the game. It's a possibility. But I'm going to go with someone different. I'm going with Christian Wood from the Dallas Mavericks. Christian Wood, he's going to come off the bench. Listen, last season he was straight. But um, on a winning team, that man's going to be something. And just just be on the lookout with that guy. Just be on the lookout. But um, I think that he's going to make the... Uh, but uh, but he's going to make the Mavericks better. Now, how how much better? I don't know, but he's going to make the Mavericks better this season. Just watch. Coach of the year. I'm going with Tyron Lue. 
I think that the fact that the Clippers are getting Kawhi Leonard back, I think the fact that they added John Wall and added more depth as what they've been doing these past couple of years. And when you see Tyron Lue and how he has helped this Clippers get into the position that they have been, I mean, without Kawhi Leonard, they made it to the conference finals. And Tyron Lue, he is a difference maker, especially as a coach. And I think this team will look completely different if they did not have Tyron Lue. That's how special he is. He makes the Clippers be as successful as they are. And as long as the Clippers stay healthy and we see the Kawhi Leonard that we have been anticipating for this Clippers team, having Tyron Lue there, he's going to help the Clippers be the best team in the West. It's definitely going to be Tyron Lue. I mean, if it wasn't for the plan, they would have been in the playoffs right now. I mean, and especially how the Clippers have played last season with Paul George, who missed the majority of the, of the season. Uh, Reggie Jackson was the starting point guard. Mark, uh, Mark Marcus Morris was was how many games that he played? I mean, he, he played a good portion, but not a lot. I mean, they were missing a lot of guys, and they were still able to be the AC. They had a better record than the Lakers, and for them to make it, you know, listen, they were in the play-in, you know, congratulations. But I think that they will be the most improved, well, at least one of the most improved teams this season. But what they were last season, expect them to be a top two team in the Western Conference. So yeah, I got Tyron Lue. So let's go with Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going with Rudy Gobert. I mm. think that him being the part of the Minnesota Timberwolves, a lot of people clowned on it. And I get it. When you have two top heavy, we should say, like forwards and centers like Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, adding them together sometimes is not going to be the best because it can slow your game down and that can be a concern. But I think that Rudy Gobert being with Carl Anthony Towns, it can help him be that true defensive guy because Carl Anthony Towns, he'll probably shoot more than play defense. So the fact that you have Rudy Gobert, it'll take something off of Cat so that he won't have to play as much defense and then we'll see Rudy Gobert play the most defense. And I think we saw the Timberwolves. They had a pretty promising team. But I think if they were better defensively, especially when they went against the Grizzlies, they could have probably beat the Grizzlies if their defense gotten better. So I think adding the Rudy Gobert will make a difference. And I can see him being the reigning defensive player of the year again. I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert because and here's the reason why. Carl Anthony Towns is not going to be made to be a center. He's going to be he's going to play at the power forward position. So with Rudy Gobert, he's going to be their best rebounder. He's going to clean up most of their, their mistakes. He's going to be their best rim protector. He's going to be getting boards. He's a double-double in the making. Think about this right now. What Rudy Gobert is going to give to you, he's going to make their defense better. And I know that, like you said, he was being clowned on a lot, especially come playoff time. And we got to see how this Minnesota team is. But with him backing up Anthony Edwards, Cat, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Anderson, another key piece, Brian Forbes, Jaden McDaniels, this team will be better. And when it's all said and done, you're going to see the Minnesota Timberwolves who will improve they were, what, a seventh seed last season? Guess what? They're they guaranteed you right now, they will at least be a top five team, a guaranteed top five team in the West this season. They will not, and I repeat, they will not be a playing team. And because of that, you will see Rudy Gobert improve and make this team better. Not, not essentially because of Rudy Gobert, but Rudy Gobert will be a team enhancer this season. Who will be the Kia 
2022-23 MVP. Please don't say Kevin Durant. Please, please. Like, we, look, last two years, you said it was going to be Kevin Durant. I hope that this year is different. I'm going with John Morant. Oh, okay. I think that John Morant <laughs> okay. will win this year's MVP. And let me explain. Okay. I'm picking John Morant because, and really, I don't think that people give Memphis Grizzlies enough credit. They were the second best team in the Western Conference. I didn't even expect that, even as much as I love John Moran. I think he is one of those great leaders and he makes a difference on his team. But looking at that team, it was more than just him, but he is the catalyst. Remember, he was the most improved player because he upped his points, he played the most minutes, and he really was the biggest leader that we have seen. He was the main reason why the Grizzlies was able to get that far especially in the season and in the playoffs. So I think this season, I'm going to see the same thing from Dur- Moran. I'm- J- John Moran? You, it's like you want to say Kevin Durant. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to expect to see the same results from John Moran that I saw last season, and I think even more. I'm telling you, this Memphis Grizzly team, they have the offense, they have the defense. They're a very well, greatly coached young team. And when you have a young star like John Moran, he showed us last season you can't play with him. He's going to show you again this season that you cannot play with him. Okay. And I think that he will take it to another level this season, and that's why I have him as my MVP. Uh, okay. All right. Well, at least it's not Kevin Durant, all right? So <laughs> I'll give you that, all right? I'll give you that. For me, you know what? I know Let me that- guess. Jason Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, you was wor- – no. You picked Kevin Durant the last two years. That's on you, okay? All right, I didn't. I didn't pick Jason Tatum the last two years. Now I would say this: I think we could agree our la- our our predictions for MVP last two years has not been great. <laughs> we got them wrong, but you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna go with Giannis onto the Kupo. Giannis is gonna win MVP. Is there a case you can make for Luka? Yes, but I don't know what they're going to be like. I don't think they're going to be a top four team in the West. Is there a chance they could be Joel and B for Christ's sakes? I, I don't know. Maybe if the 76ers are a top two, top three t- seed in the East. But I'm going to go with Giannis. I believe they will have the best record in the Eastern Conference. And Giannis will play. If he's not going to play better, he's going to be just as good as last year or even better like he did in the last two years when he won MVP. Well, the last two to three years when he won MVP. So I'm going with Giannis, the Greek freak. Now, let's go ahead and quickly do our predictions as far as the playoff seedings from the East and the West. So from 1 to 10, who do you have going to the playoffs from 1 to 6 and then the play-in from 7 to 10? All right, so I'm going to start with the Western Conference. I have... East, 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 East. Oh, I'm sorry. They're doing that. Okay. All right, so for the Eastern Conference, I'm going with Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, Miami, Toronto, Chicago, and Knicks. Okay. All right, for the East, I have the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, Cleveland, Brooklyn Nets, um, the 76ers, Heat, Toronto Raptors, and the six. I have the Chicago Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Detroit Pistons. I'm mm. going with the oh. I'm going with the Pistons. 
I'm going to the pit. Yep, I'm going. Boya Brianovich. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, and I, I just don't know quite yet. But I know it's going to happen the next one or two years, no it's, doubt. It's, it's close. No doubt about it. I know one thing. It's not going to be the Hornets. Don't even start about the Hornets. It's oh yeah. <laughs> no, no not I, this year. I'm going. I'm going with the Pistons in this one. Now, wow. let's go with the West. The Western Conference. I have the Clippers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Nuggets. The Timberwolves, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, and the Lakers. All right. I got the Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Pelicans. I have the Lakers at number nine, and then the Portland Trailblazers at 10. There's no way that Dame Dalla is not going to be in the plan. I guarantee you right now. Everyone, listen, you look at the Western Conference, the Spurs will be bad, the Rockets will be bad, OKC will be bad, and the Utah Jazz. All those four teams are going to be bad. Oh, yeah. So, they, so oh, they, yeah. it's going to be between <laughs> the Trailblazers and the Sacramento Kings. And you know what? Listen, shout out to Mike Brown. I think that he's going to do a, a fine job, but I have to see it to believe it, what's going to happen with the Kings. I don't know. They haven't been, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2006, so it's been a while. But we'll see what happens. But I just cannot see Dame Dollar not being the plan. They could they, Portland's going to at least be in the plan, at least. Just watch. Seriously. All right, so let's go ahead and make our our finals predictions. Well, conference finals, then our finals predictions. Who do you got in the conference finals, in the Eastern and the Western conference finals, and headed to the finals, Gloria? So in the Eastern conference finals, I have the Brooklyn Nets going against the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. And for the Western Conference, I have the Clippers going against the Warriors. And for my finals, speak up now. I'm going with Milwaukee versus the Clippers. I think that Milwaukee, and people never counted out Milwaukee, but of course, a lot of times, you know, people are like, well, you got Brooklyn, you got Philly, and now we're looking at Cleveland. Milwaukee, I think, is going to prove everybody who they are because we know who they are with Giannis, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and Drew Holiday. And the Clippers, I just feel like Kawhi being back, adding John Wall, which I think is going to be huge. It doesn't matter whether he plays off the bench or he starts. He is what they need, especially with this. So when you have that, you have Reggie Jackson, you have Paul George. I just believe that at the end of the day, those are going to be the best teams coming out of their conferences. And my winners, I'm going with the Clippers. The Clippers are going to win it all this year. Wow. Okay. All yes. right. All right. Okay. For me, I got the Milwaukee Bucks versus the... So for me, I have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. For the Western Conference Finals, for the Western Conference Finals, I have the Golden State Warriors versus the LA Clippers. Celtics versus Clippers in the NBA Finals. I really want the Boston Celtics to win. I really do. I, re I really do want to see the Celtics win. But I believe it's going to be the Clippers as well. I got the Clippers winning the NBA championship, winning in the NBA Finals in seven games against the Celtics. And Kawhi Leonard wins his third championship. And mind you, I will say this right now. If the Clippers do win a championship, they win this season. It's now time to put some respect on Kawhi Leonard. Well, it's, it's been time to put some respect on Kawhi Leonard. Right. 
But uh, he but, he been earning his respect. But man. I will say this right now: for sure, if he wins this season, put some respect on Kawhi Leonard. If if well, there should already be respect for him. But if listen, if the Clippers win a championship this year, Kawhi Leonard is a top fifteen player of all time. Plain and simple, like he. Yes. He's going to be top 15 easily. Like, there's no way how you could block it off. He will be top 15 of all time when it's all said and done. And that is it, folks, for the Bounce Podcast, episode 92. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast, iHeartRadio, and Pandora, and on YouTube, folks. I mean, I know I was going over the place, but you know what the deal is. We are back once again for the NBA season. You guys could go ahead and check out a few games that's coming up for the NBA. You know, who, who we got, Lori? We got the Celtics versus the So we got the 76ers. Yeah. yeah, 76ers Celtics and then Lakers and Warriors. Yep. Well, that's going on. And, yeah. <laughs> and, we got the, and we got, you know, Major League Baseball playoffs is still kicking on. So we'll see what happens. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Bounce Podcast, episode 92. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co host, L'Oreal. Peace. Peace.